This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We are live with the Propaganda Report. I'm going to give this a second here and make sure that it goes live on Rockfin here. I'm sure that it probably is, but we had an issue the other day uh, with Cam and I, and we we did a we did a restart, and then turns out we actually had both of the, the starts on. There we go. Got the red button there on Rockfin, and we're going to be putting this show up on Monday after we record here. So you are listening to the Propaganda Report, and I'm Brad Binkley. We have a special episode today. Joining me here in a moment is going to be the Libertarian candidate for Secretary of State of Georgia, that is Ted Metz. See, Ted debated his opponents earlier this week in what was a, a brief debate. It was like 27, 28 minutes, and it was more or less two establishment candidates trying to pretend that they differentiate on things, while Ted was just kind of getting uh, uh, marginalized by the moderator and interrupted quite often, which seems to be a pattern I've noticed when he debates. They don't seem to want to let him talk all that often. So I wanted to give him an opportunity to elaborate on anything that he didn't get a chance to talk about and a, a couple of points that I saw in the debate that uh, just to get some more details on, on those claims because I feel like they're important and I feel like they got intentionally swept under the rug by the moderator and ignored by Brad Raffensperger. And I've thought for a while that the Secretary of State race in Georgia is one of the most important debates, definitely in Georgia, or uh, races, definitely in Georgia and possibly in the country because of Brad Raffensperger and the role that it played in the 2020 election. Brad Raffensperger oversees the elections as Secretary of State. And for those of you who aren't familiar, most of you probably are, Raffensperger is the, he's an alleged Republican, and he's most known for being a mainstream media darling for standing up against Trump during the 2020 election in the aftermath when Trump allegedly, according to the media, called Raffensperger and tried to force him to find, you need to find 11,000 votes that aren't there. And this, this is kind of the basis of the evidence they say that Trump was trying to steal an election. But of course, anybody who actually listens to that phone call knows that Trump wasn't telling Raffensperger to go find anything that wasn't there. He wasn't trying to force him to do anything. He was simply telling him that fraud exists and that once they found, they uncovered the fraud that was there, then they could then allocate those resources elsewhere. They wouldn't need to continue investigating. It's pretty clear, but they know that nobody's going to listen to the phone call because it's like an hour phone call. And so they just lie about it, and they turn Brad Raffensperger into this hero over it. And Raffensperger's position is that if you are a, quote, election denier, then you are a threat to democracy. And anybody who uses this term, election denier, to short-circuit thinking and end the conversation before it starts, make people even afraid to talk about a subject, that is someone who is a propagandist, especially when they're trying to intentionally draw up associations with Holocaust denial, with that term denial. And that's not somebody you want in charge of your elections. That's somebody who you want as far away from them as possible because a fundamental a pillar of democracy really is you should be able to challenge and question elections because that's how you actually hold them accountable because there's never been a perfect election in the history of mankind and there never will be. 
Yet they would have us believe that the 2020 election was the most perfect in the history of mankind, completely flawless. And if you ask that question, you're a threat to democracy and you might as well, might as well go work for Putin. That's the way they talk about it. And that's Raffensperger's position as a pretend Republican. So with that said, I'm going to bring Ted on to join us and we're going to talk about that. So Ted, Ted, welcome to the Hi. show. Thank you for being here. How's it Thank going? Thank you for having me. It's going well. Fantastic. How did you feel about your debate the other, like just the whole approach? Because I, I thought you got railroaded again a little bit. I thought you didn't get much time. How, how did you feel coming out of that? Well, first of all, I was kind of surprised that an alarm didn't go off. <laughs> right, I'm going to show everybody that here in a moment so they can see exactly what you're talking uh, about. I, it's interesting because they asked questions. I had no idea what the question was going to be. And I kind of struggled to come out with an answer for the very first question because there's such a large number, you know, I, I have libraries of stuff devoted to various um, positions on all these different aspects of, of the election system. So it was very difficult to answer the first question. Uh, but beyond that, pretty much the debate went as I expected. I didn't get a whole lot of, of speaking time and I wish it had gone on for an hour because there were a lot of things that I wanted to bring up I did bring up some of my most important points and, and something you were just talking about during your opening, the thing about democracy. You, you do realize that we are a representative republic. A democratic republic, yes, right. <laughs> well, we're, we're a representative republic and, and our votes are, are cast democratically, which means basically majority rules. Of course, and a majority, as I said during the debate, is 51 vegans and 49 carnivores arguing about what's for dinner and the way things are going we'll all be eating crickets pretty soon right yeah so i know the younger folks got that some of the older folks were asking me what on earth what was, what was i talking about bill gates feeding us uh, oh bugs. gosh cloud schwab <laughs> you know the davos yeah. crowd all those people the nazi looking guy who, yeah he might as well have a cat crawling up his shoulder the way he i mean he just comes off like a super villain from a movie uh, um you know, the, if the debate were longer, of course, we would be able to bring up a lot more points at, to point out how Brad is blatantly um, circumventing the truth. Absolutely. And the other part of that is what you mentioned about the Trump phone call. They just lied we, about. We know, we know that there were, there were there were at least enough votes from people who did not live in the district, didn't live in the state, but still somehow voted. Dead people, people in jail, and and other folks that that were not legal votes, and that pretty much is the brunt of all of that. Is that you know President Trump was asking Brad to like eliminate the illegal votes, and right. then. Of course, he would have had enough votes to carry 50% plus one vote. Right. And he wasn't threatening him at all. Like, if you listen to no. the phone call, he wasn't threatening him at all. And they make it out like he was a mob, mob boss saying, you need to go find those votes. Or your throat's going to get cut. It wasn't, that was not the case at all. Not at all. And, and that, that reminds me of something that, that uh, B. Wynn said about, you know, going on and on about our, our, our uh, poll workers now need – uh, security because they're all being threatened and stuff. And the only two people that were threatened, you know, was Ruby and, and Ruby's mom for the, for the shenanigans at, at, at the, um, I keep wanting to call it the state farm arena. 
Well, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the... You know, pulling pulling the ballots out from underneath the the table and and running them through the scanners over and over again. And, and you said something there that made me think of that how they referred to Raffensperger as so brave for standing yeah. up against. He's not you're not brave at all when you have the entirety of the mainstream media supporting you in this just made up stuff that they're promoting. What's actually brave. I, when I was watching out the debate, I was like, man, Ted is up there talking about the one thing you're not allowed to talk about. Like, I'm not streaming this to YouTube because I know that it would immediately be kicked off. <laughs> like, like yeah. the interviews with Garland we had, have they've struck my account and they have removed them and they won't even let you talk about that. And you were up there bringing that up. That's a, that's a thing where people don't even want to touch it. And that, so that, that's what's truly brave is to talk about those things that they don't want you to talk about because they're afraid of the truth being uncovered there. And Raffensperger's not brave at all. He's a puppet. Well, and by the same token, if, if he was so um, uh, sure that he's going to win the election, I don't think he would have put $800,000 of his own money into his campaign. He wants to win so that nobody else can come behind him and and actually expose all of the shenanigans that occurred in 2020 and then in in the primaries and and in every election ever since they installed the illegal uh, Dominion system. Yeah, right. And that's I really didn't get to bring up is, is that, you know, the Dominion system violates two sections of Georgia code uh, as to how they put the QR code onto the ballot. And also because the votes are read through the tabulator from the QR code, that's also against Georgia law. And Brad Raffensperger got a memo from Dominion saying, oh, well, there is one small issue is that this doesn't comply with Georgia law and they signed the contract anyway. That's outright fraud and maladministration and misfeasance and and so many things that, you know, that that somebody needs to see some iron bars. And didn't Garland warn Raff, Raffensperger before they used this oh my god yeah ago? yeah at, at, and we were all at the at the safe commission hearings and he brought it up then we had like a, a, a parade of election experts warning against the dangers of having an all electronic system or even partially electronic system and we're still trying to get over that I mean our, our election data goes all over the world before it finally gets back into the state's election server so who knows how many different manipulators are, are, are affecting your actual vote. Yeah, and, and it's so hard to, like you said, it's a, it was a short debate and it's hard to get to some of those points. And all the other candidates do is they just go up there and they just, doesn't matter what the questions are. They just... Repeat. Yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. We can't, we can't, get, we can't get water in the voting line. Right. She threw that in there. I, the what's her name? Yeah. When? How do you say her name? When? When? Yeah. She threw in that lie that we're going to prevent water from being. No, it's that's not what the law is in Georgia. It's not you can't give water to minorities who are standing in line to vote. It's that you can't <laughs> go campaign while they're standing in line and give them yeah. water to Cam- vote. campaign branded swag. You know. I mean, Kemp, and the, these are journalists bar. there. Nobody called her out on that blatant lie. Wait, wait, journalists? Well, they're, they're journalists. script readers. Right, exactly. You know, tele- yeah. Teleprompter readers. Totally. And so they just repeat talking points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're gossip columnists. They're not journalists. And, and you have substantive things to say. So 
when they have these brief talking points and then you have substantive things to say and they're trying to move it along real quick for you, it makes it hard to get anything done in a debate like that. Now, you said that they didn't tell you what questions you were going to be asked. Do no. you think they told them what questions they were going to be asked? Not that it mattered. They're just going to repeat the talk. Oh, I'm, 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 I, it wouldn't surprise me a bit because uh, that's, that's usually how that goes in the celebrity circles. Yeah. It's like, okay, here's your list of prepared questions. Right. And yeah, nothing for me. I, it's, we kind of anticipated. I, I thought that Mark Nisi was going to attack me for bring, being a, a, an election denier. But we have a new terminology. It's called election fraud denier. Oh, that's what you guys are calling it, election fraud denier? That's good. Yeah, yeah so that's <laughs> what they are, election fraud deniers. Well, see, Raffensperger, he, he got that election denier thing out there in the question that he asked where they tried to, they tried to do the thing where they flip it, where he asked the, the woman, he asked her, when, don't you think that election denial is uh, a threat to democracy? And he was referring to Stacey Abrams. And so he got that out there in a thinly veiled attack against you, I think, by asking her that question, just throwing that whole idea of election denialism, which is, like I said, the, the worst position you want your secretary of state to have, where he's just going to accept no questions about the election that he is overseeing. And then one of, the, one of the moderators said during their question, they were like, yeah, and they found only like four dead voters in that one area. And then they just brushed past that like, Oh, they only right. found and then four they dead actually, voters. Uh, my, my recollection was there was like 735 dead voters. Right. Just even the aspect, though, even if it was just four, to just say they only found four, and then, but why did they find four? Like, Well, it, let's talk about that. If they found four in, in the election results, and if they were put through the Dominion tabulator, the Election Assistance Corporation, and, or um, committee or whatever they are, um, and one other I'm trying to remember who exactly the law of the code comes from, but essentially what they're saying is that if an election, if the election machines uh, air more than one vote in 10 million, they are unreliable and can't be used. So four votes in Fulton County alone, Fulton County only had like 500,000 voters. That's, that's way above, the one vote in, in 10 million. So what can I say about that? Continue. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, I, that, this is the stuff I want to hear, like the stuff like that, that they brush over. I want to, I want to hear that elaborated on. And if they didn't do a full examination, then they're, they're only going to find a smaller number of dead voters than they otherwise would, because weren't you guys getting prevented from actually examining some of the votes in, uh, in other counties around the state? Um, well, and we're still we're, we're still fighting that. And one of the things about that, out of the 159 counties, over 70 counties have already destroyed all of their election data from from the 2020 election outside of the 22 month federal they have a bonfire with it out back. Why, how, why did it get destroyed? Uh, uh, well, apparently they wanted to reuse the memory cards. Oh, I just happen to have one right here. Right. And with the memory cards. They, they wanted to reuse them, so somebody at the Secretary of State's office said, okay, sure, you can erase that data. Right. We yeah. don't need it. We all know there's a shortage on those memory cards, so they have to reuse them instead of just going to Walmart and getting a few more of those. It, it's, it's crazy. Uh, a question came to my mind a second ago, but I lost it. Um, okay, so I, 
before we dive back into it, I, I want to go back into to more of what we're talking about here. But I just want to show those who didn't. I played this on the show that I did uh, earlier this week. But I want, I want everybody to hear just the way they treat you in these debates. And let's flash back to 2018. All right, and then, and then, then we'll circle back to the, um, the Fulton County, or the you know, 100% hand-counted. Yes, thank you. We'll, yes, we'll, that, we'll that's where my that. mind was there, totally. Yeah, we'll get back to that. I want to show, just to show them how they treat you and that they're trying to silence you. I, I mean, this, this was a, I laughed out loud when I saw this four years ago. Mr. I Mets, mean, I, I knew what they were doing, but I think this was the first question that you were asked during this debate, <laughs> if I recall. Okay, great. Yeah, Mr. Betts, um, you've promised to cut spending by slashing what you call obsolete, inefficient, unnecessary, and unconstitutional agencies. What specifically would you eliminate? And what do you say to Georgians who, who might depend on their services? Get another job. What is that noise? Unfortunately, we're experiencing animal. I mean, it's like they said, eh, wrong answer. And that went on for like a minute. They, that no, was glaring. Actually, they cut, they cut, they, they did some cuts. It actually went on for like seven minutes. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. What? What? So, what about Stacy? Did any fire alarms go off when Stacy or or uh, Kemp was speaking? <laughs> no, just me. Now, now, now let's fast forward to the debate earlier this week, and I wish I had the full clip here. I don't have the full clip, but I have a, a portion of it that shows what happened this time. And this is when you were getting to ask Raffensberger about. Well, I just spit out the question. In fact, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right here it is. One second here. Question is, why did you allow the election results be so obviously Please get corrupted? to your question quickly. You just said the question is, and three seconds later, she tells you to please get to your question quickly. And you asked him about corruption. See, I don't have the full clip. I wish I had the full one there. But what you, you were asking him about the corrupt elections, right? Yeah. Why, was the, why did he allow the election to be so obviously corrupted? You know, when... when how are you going to show the clip of, of um, his NBC interview the morning after the election? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. No, I, which one? Is, I could find it and pull it up if, if you... Um, um, I don't have a link to it. I've actually had to get somebody else to give it to me. But What did he say in the, the morning after the debate? The morning after the 2020 election, he oh, was on NBC. Election. Yeah, you brought that. That was Remember, brought that up. And, and he, was, he was talking about, you know, this is, we had the biggest turnout ever and, and there's you know, four, four million, seven hundred and seventy five thousand votes cast and, and Trump is ahead by one hundred and three thousand votes. There's only two percent left to tally. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the results, you know, the, the results of the remaining two percent is not enough votes to alter the uh, results of the election. And then his video feed drops out. Black screen. <laughs> Yeah, and they were like scrambling around in the studio, and then uh, from my take on it is is one of the producers from the from the from the studio booth was saying, "Oh, I'm getting I'm getting telephone bombed right now." 
Yeah, there's probably a fire alarm that went off and they had to uh, turn the thing off. I think I think somebody from the network said, "Shut him off! Shut him off! He can't yeah. be telling the truth." And yeah. then when he came back on, he talked about you know the the four hundred, the four million nine hundred ninety thousand votes um, for the final election, and you know, out of out of one hundred three thousand vote lead, two percent of four point seven million is ninety. 4,000. 94,000 is less than 103,000. So how did it end up that, that Trump lost by like 12,000 votes? Right. So he, he was making and, the claim and that it was impossible, vote, basically, for Trump from, the, yeah. the vote cast go from 4,775,000 to 4,995,000. How did what that What was happen? his explanation for that? I can't recall exactly. He never... He that he went in the diatribe. It was like I've been around the whole state, explaining to you, you know, the people how clean and fair and and safe and secure this election was, we and blah blah blah. Of course, yeah, uh, and that's another thing they say. So this idea, and they use this all the time. We heard this in the Jan Six hearings all the time. It's it's part of their little intro monologue every time they start talking about the election thing and how, like, the whole January sixth thing just premised on the idea that it's wrong to question an election is, is just crazy that people buy into that. All oh, right. Say, but, but look what happened in 20, 2016 so and 2018, times. 2014, 2012, right, 2010, so. 20, 2008. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, and oh, it's just, it, I think Dom, Dan Bongino ran a, a clip of, of all the Democrats from like 20, 2014 and 16 and, and 18 talking about how the election was stolen. You know, right. Clinton, uh, yeah, Hillary, or Killery, whatever you want to call her, is still out there saying the election, the 2016 election was stolen from her. Hillary just made a video for Indivisible where she said, we have to worry about the 2024 elections. It's going to be stolen too, like a two-minute video for a, an initiative that they're doing. But but what about this idea that, that it's been litigated? They keep saying that. It's been this uh, many number of trials. So why, explain that to people. Um, I can share a link if you want a little bit later when I when I open okay. my 418 open windows. Um, right. they have there's, there's, there's a website. There's actually a website that kept track of all of the all of the um, 2020 election challenges. Out of I don't remember the number, but but there was only the limited number of cases that were actually heard by a judge in a court were won by the by the election deniers. And right. all the rest of the cases never were heard because of lack of standing exactly. or lapses. So, so it wasn't a substantive so they weren't, review. It they weren't losses. They were never they were never litigated at all. Right. So I, I went I went to law school for uh, a couple of years, and one thing I remember is that if you did the formatting wrong on uh, a brief that you put in, like wrong type print, whatever, or or just the margins are different, you failed. Right. And the reason is because if you turn in a brief like that, some judges, they will dismiss it because just the format is wrong. That's the type of stuff that you guys were getting stuff kicked out from, not the actual content that, that wasn't being examined. Correct. They never actually looked at the, they never allowed the presentment of the evidence. Mm -hmm. And there is an overwhelming, overwhelming amount of evidence. Right, and they just didn't want to look at it, and so they had to find some uh, process reason to kick it out. So whenever they say it's been examined this many number of times, that doesn't mean the actual content of the claims itself has been examined. It just means the process. they found an error in the process or something they could call an error in the process, and they kicked it off because of that. Or, yeah, or, yeah standing or latches. 
Right. You know, they waited too long to file or, 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 you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you can't show harm. Therefore you have no standing. Yeah. It, it's crazy it's just, the way they can do that. They just build, they build the number of cases they did. They filed this many and they think just by saying oh. this larger number that they can say that they, we've proven it. Well, and I, I have just discovered through some, uh, learned colleagues that the reason we don't have standing is because in the eyes of the law, Unless you file for uh, dismissal of the guardianship of the government, you will not have standing. Look up code, Georgia Code, Section 29. Write this down, Binkley, so you can look at it later. 29-4-21. Georgia Code 29-4-21? Right, look that up. And there is a remedy for that, so... And I meant to ask you earlier, you said that it was unconstitutional, the voting machines. Do you know the code? Do you happen to have that on you? What code? That um, is? I actually do somewhere. Um, but off the top of my head is 21127A. Code 2127A. So if you, if you guys are listening and you, and you are interested in, in looking into that, look these codes up and read them because this is the stuff that they don't want people doing because it's, uh, it's not the short talking points and it's hard to get this stuff into a debate, but this is where the answers lie. And the, way, the reason that people like Raffensperger are able to get away with lying is simply because most of us, I, I wasn't, I'm still not, we're not familiar with the process of all of this and how it's supposed to work. And they take advantage of that and they take advantage of the fact that it takes us going out and, and learning about it in order to realize that they are in fact lying and they just count on people not doing it. All right, and then and then um, 21 2379.22. 21-2379.20. Which one is that one? That one is requirements for electronic ballot marking. Okay. And and uh, sentence six of that says Produce a paper ballot which is marked with the elector's choices in a format readable by the elector. And then another code section basically says that any ballot tabulator must tabulate the votes using the elector readable, um, the elector readable, in a format readable, the so, elector so readable. Use the QR format. code is what that's The saying. QR code makes it illegal doubly. And there's another code section which I probably have somewhere on my desk that, that says that specifies any ballot marking device cannot compute. So there's, you know, there's a bunch of different aspects of, of, of breaking Georgia code. Right. And they, they don't, they just get away with, with breaking it because I guess because we can't get right. our evidence in front of a judge. I think what you guys need is, have you seen the movie? Is it, not Happy Gilmore. It's the one where Adam Sandler goes back to like the fifth grade or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but he goes back to the fifth grade and he's playing a typical Adam Sandler character and he doesn't want to study because he parties all the time. But he ha his teacher, who's like his age, uh, and, uh, uh, decide they, they start a relationship and so she starts... T testing him by, you know, taking a, uh, showing a little shoulder, maybe showing a little, show, you know, an attractive woman or an attractive male as well to just show a little skin while talking about the Georgia election code to keep people engaged. <laughs> I don't know who we can get. Yeah, I don't, the, the, I don't know who we can naked, do that. Naked weather report. Right, exactly. So I'm going to play a moment in this debate where you're talking about some of these claims that uh, the 
just the election's not credible. And then we can also hear Rafi's response to it. But I just want to give you a chance to elaborate on some of these. And I have a question or two about them as well. All right. And, and to set this video clip up, I would like everyone watching to pay attention to Brad Raffensperger's rate of blinking. Watch how fast he starts blinking. <laughs> his, his, lizard, his lizardness kicks in. All right. yeah. Ted Metz, would you like to respond? I would, because there are still unresolved issues in the 2020 election, including six sworn affidavits from Fulton County employees saying that there are probably tens of thousands of counterfeit ballots. And even though the GBI and FBI went and helped the IG from the Secretary of State's office look through the ballots, sure, they didn't find anything, but it didn't mean it was a GBI investigation. More than 17,000 more votes were cast in Fulton County than there are ballot images to support that number of votes. Mm -hmm. Dropbox for surveillance shows about 18,000 unaccounted for votes. There's improper chain of custody votes for over 107,000 ballots statewide. Chain of custody forms are missing for over 355,000 votes statewide. 86,000 voters in the 2020 election had false registration dates of 2017, but they are not reflected in the 2017 data. Over 1.7 million original ballot images are lost or destroyed in 70 counties around the state. I'm saying that this is not credible. Ms. Raffensperger, you are the current Secretary of State. Would you like to respond to that? When we wrote House Bill 316 and brought in the verifiable paper ballot, what we said the official ballot is the paper ballot. And we have the paper ballots. They are on file. They are on record. We did a 100% hand recount, and we got the results that we got. Okay, that's his entire answer. He addressed none of the actual spe specific claims that you made. What's your initial reaction to that? And then I'll ask some questions as you move on. Um, I, if, if pants actually set caught fire when somebody's lying, we would have had a fire alarm going off during that debate. There would have been that alarm there interrupting him instead of you like in 20. Oh, um, well, and here's the thing is that the six sworn affidavits from the Fulton County, um, it was, it was actually not, not, well, one of them actually worked there, but, but six people at that hand, that hundred percent hand recount in Fulton County afterwards swore out affidavits that claimed, well, that in the affidavit, they swore on a stack of Bibles that they saw tens of thousands of counterfeit ballots. Right. And, and, and number two, from that same 100% hand count recount in Fulton County, that's where we found that there were 17,000 more votes cast than ballot ballot images. Explain and me the ballot to... image thing. So I hear stuff okay. like that, and I think others might as well. And when are the ballot images taken originally? When you stick your – okay, the ballot marking device, you punch your numbers in. It spits out a piece of paper with a QR code on it. You look at it to make sure that your votes are accurately reflected on the ballot, and then you take it over to the Dominion Democracy Suite 5.5 scanner, and you put your paper in the scanner. And that scanner is where the image is generated, and that scanner Im image goes into the machine. It creates a TIFF file, tagged image format, and at the same time, it creates a SHA file, secure hash authentication file. And, and, and that machine numbers, is located right in the same ballot area when people are going to vote. It's, to it's, people. it's, it's uh, closer to, you know, going out the door. Okay. 
Okay, now what we also found in, in our audit of, of the election data, we found countless thousands of ballot image TIF file timestamps that did not match the secure hash authentications timestamp, which is impossible. What would that indicate? That would indicate fraud. That would indicate a hack. That that means like I do database okay, so that, that, like a hack into I can the I can go in I can go into a database and I can I can manipulate tables of, of data. So that's something so that a hacker would manipulate and not a poll worker. Correct. Okay. A hacker could go in and actually change the vote counts in our system in in, in within the uh, I forgot what they call it, but you know, even even at our election server at the state level, they can do it at at the county level. But we all know these are unhackable machines. I mean, this is oh, the most yeah. unhackable thing. Everything else on the planet is hackable. This in um, in cyberspace, except for these machines, right? And if you don't know anybody that hasn't had their Facebook account hacked, then you're probably not alive. What about iCloud? I remember when they started with iCloud oh years God, ago. That's I said, another no thing. way. And then they started leaking everybody's phone images on, on from the cloud shortly thereafter. Everything gets hacked. And they try and claim that these are unhackable machines. I actually tried to go into the um, Georgia Secretary of State's office to look at some uh, prior election data. And I got a 403 error message from iCloud that they couldn't access the data. So the thing about cloud computing that's a real fancy way to say all of your stuff is on somebody else's computer. Right. That's a great point. Yeah. Somebody else has control over it. Yes. Yeah. And, and this, is a, this is an issue that we found out is that the ERIC system, there are, are, are get out the vote and, and voter registration drive organizations that have direct access to directly input voter registration data right into the ERIC system. Tell us what the but, ERIC you know, system is. Eric is the Electronic Registration Information Center, and it is a George Soros-funded mainframe computer system for all the states that want to pay a fee to belong to it that allegedly is supposed to make sure that you can go in, the Secretary of State, and see who's moved, uh, who's right. still valid in, in your state to vote, but that's not what it does. It, so it, it's by a, having it's access to it, what would that enable them to do? That would a enable them... Remember what I said about uh, the 86,860 voters in 2020 with the false res, res, uh, registration dates of 2017? Yeah. There you go. They were able to go in there and put 86,860 false registrations to use for their false you know, counterfeit ballots. And then after, after the election, they can just go back in there and erase it all. Okay, so – they would have to use real registrations to put back in there, so they couldn't manipulate the registration to update the data. No, they just they would just go ahead and, and and they would just eliminate them completely, as if they were never there in the first place. Okay, and another question about the ballot images, just because I, I, I this stuff okay, gets I so never finished that. So yeah. your machine, the the you put your hand, you put your um, ballot marking device ballot in into this scanner. It it creates the TIFF file. And, and from the QR code, it also tabulates your vote. But we have no idea. There's no, there's no screen that pops up and says, okay, you're, you're, this is how the machine read your QR code. Right. So and, it, and who puts uh, it in the machine? The, the voter? Or the voter. The, okay. The voter actually puts it in. All right. And that's, so, that's voting in person. Okay. Either, either advanced voting or, or day of voting. 
And bringing it back around, there were missing ballot images. How, how many missing ballot images? 17,724 in Fulton County alone. And is there no law o- around what happens when that disconnect is there? Because if this is the system you're using, then there's a mismatch. <laughs> yes. yes, there is. And remember what I said about you know the one uh, vote error in 10 million scans? Yeah. Right, right there. That's you know that, that's federal stuff on the federal level. Mm-hmm. And, and um, what is how, the what is problem that is the we, we we can't get a judge to look at the evidence. Right. Uh, so ideally, if a judge were to look at that, what what would they what would that what you just stated with the one million and whatever? How would that play out when it comes to this situation? Well, Maybe. we would get injunctive relief to scrap the Dominion system, but on the other side of the coin, something like that would trigger a, a redo of the election because anything like that causes the election to be null and void it's yeah, a fraudulent you, election totally so every if, time if we started mismatch, voting on these yeah it, 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 we've had um void elections ever since the dominion system was was insta- implemented in georgia it seems to illustrate to me that once you vote wherever you, you vote and then you take it over to that machine that you have no idea now whether that vote actually got put into that machine. And a reason for that is because these ballot images are missing at such a large scale that it's not, you can't credibly trust what that machine is saying. Well, right. not necessarily you're, you're, you're adding something in, into that. What I'm saying is somebody can go into the okay. election database and inject fake votes. Right. That's what I'm saying. So you can't trust it. What we're getting from you, the, you can't, the you cannot trust it. And, and we know that the, it will, we found another thing. Ninety-seven percent of the machines that were tested in Georgia suffer uh, what we're calling the the Williams, the Williamsburg error, in that if a QR code can't be read, it throws out a code. QR code can't be read, and then it stops counting ballots, no matter how many more you shove in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's, that's, that's another good. flaw of the system. And so, to Raffensperger's answer here. And the reason I'm wanting to lay all this out, because to me, hearing you say that and, and seeing these laws here, it's obvious that you're, it's, I'm a little uneasy believing that we're going to be getting accurate numbers when this is obvious that this could happen. Obviously, it's hackable. Obviously, there were problems. And if there's that many missing ballot images, then there's definitely questions that should be investigated. So Raffensperger's answer to the fact that this hasn't really been investigated by a court anyway or looked at, the, the content of it, the substance of it, was that we did a 100% hand count, and that's it. Right, but he never, he never said anything about the results of the 100% hand count. Nothing yeah. matched. None of the numbers matched. Everything was off. And, and of course, you ne- you'll never hear that on, 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 from the investigative journalists. And who did the hand count? Him? His office? Um, there were people there from his office, but it was some volunteers and some actual, in Fulton County, Fulton County employees that were there actually doing, doing the physical hand count. Yeah. And, and that, that physical hand count in, in Fulton County was what we found to reveal that 60% of the tally sheets were inaccurate. A tally sheet, you know, a batch of, of votes is like 100, 100 ballots. And out of those 100 ballots on the tally sheet, and some several of them weren't even properly signed, indicated on the tally sheet that Biden got 100% of the votes. But when you actually look at the sheets, it was more like Biden got 61 votes and Trump got 
29 votes and Joe Jorgensen got three. They were not accurate, but yeah. that was the, you know, the outcome of their, of their fraud. I mean, they're, they're fraudulent hundred percent count. Do you know, so were those, and if you don't, if you aren't familiar with this, but I'm just curious, do you know what the setting was for the, the recount there? Was there, I know we have poll watchers on election day Were poll watchers there while they were recounting those votes. Um, that, that's a Garland question. He was okay. there. Okay. So obviously there were poll watchers there because Garland was there. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was going to add something to that, but I, I don't recall what it was. But anyway, yeah, that, that 100% hand count recount, BS. And, um, and, that, and that actually, some of those answers, um, the truth was revealed in, in one of Brad Raffensperger's offices, um, amicus briefs or amicus briefs, however you want to Latin pronounce yeah. that. Um, but basically that's, that's where we know, you know, there was this whole thing about, you know, the GBI investigated, it was a GBI investigation. And, and the fact of the matter is there's like one agent from the GBI was there along with the inspector general from the secretary of state's office and one guy from the FBI and, and they're calling it a GBI investigation. But again, there was never a report filed by either, either the FBI or the GBI about the outcome. They had one guy show up and help out, and it's just like a full-fledged investigation. Oh. Yeah. So it sounds to me, when it comes to the ballot images, uh, just to reiterate, you cast your vote in the machine, and then you walk out, and you, you put it in this, this computer that takes the image of it, and that's supposed to be the process. It's flawless. But the reality is that, that that is a hackable process, and we had ballot images. It's a mismatch in the vote and the ballot images. Missing ballot images, so that creates distrust in that. We don't have answers to that because it hasn't really been looked at by a court. It's been just dismissed for other reasons, and that's a problem there. And then we have the recounts, the in-person recounts that the Secretary of State talked about in his answer that there was known issues discovered there that you just mentioned. And they were saying that hundred percent went to Biden when the truth was you guys found that that was not the case, which creates questions right there to why that happened. How wide scale was that? So that, that to me is, is two for two on, on questions that should be asked that are not being asked by the person overseeing the election who says you're an election denier. If you ask those questions that should, that are begging to be asked, which is why nobody should vote for Brad Raffensperger. And, um, Something else. Okay, you, Coffee well, County came up. Uh, I wanted to ask you about that. What what went on in Coffee County again? Uh, apparently, there was some people there that went and imaged the the um, the Dominion software, so they got a copy of the Dominion software. Oh, uh, that 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 was the big con- controversy. But the other controversy is that that the Coffee County election supervisor actually made a video where she sat down at the terminal and went in and manipulated a bunch of votes and saying, you know, here, this is how it's done. See how easy it is. Everybody's uh, username is admin and the password was admin. And in some places they went and changed the password to admin one, two, three. Right. And then what they do, fire her and arrest her for doing that? uh, Something like that. Yeah. So she exposed the problem. And then the story story became that a MAGA right wing Republican hacked it. It became the story, something like that, I think, if I recall correctly. And, 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 and I guess the, out, the, um, the, the remedy was that Brad basically took some new machines down there because, you know, once you open the machine, it, it, it's spoiled. And that's another thing. another thing that we haven't done. One of the things that still irks me was the HB 316 committee hearings back in 2019 when Brad sat down and basically read, read a, a Dominion pamphlet 
into the record is his testimony on how great the system was. And in that testimony in the, in the Dominion brochure, basically it was, it was like a, a litany of, 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 I almost said the BS out loud. <laughs> Yet we know we've got Eric Coomer on tape talking about how we can put any custom Wi-Fi chipset that you want. We can connect your Bluetooth. We can go wireless to the internet through a cell tower, blah, blah, blah. And they're still talking about these machines don't connect to the internet. Has anyone, if I, you know, day one of, if I am elected day one, I'm going to have somebody bring in a machine. We're going to take a screwdriver and open it up and look at, at, at what chipsets in there to connect the Wi-Fi or, or cellular. I find it very hard to believe that there's not a way to connect to the internet. Like a screwdriver you mentioned, nowadays you buy a product and you don't even realize it's like a smart screwdriver and it's got Bluetooth on it because they, they do that with everything nowadays. And internet of things. Yeah. So just a, a, another point to reiterate here, just against Raffensperger, because I just want to be real clear, clear on this. A, a woman in Coffee County exposed how easy it is to access the system and manipulate the vote. Clearly demonstrated that in a video. And... The response was not, oh my gosh, let's investigate it from the Secretary of State. The response was, let's root her out, and she ends up, I believe, getting arrested and fired. And he is a hero for rooting out a person who demonstrated how easy it is to manipulate the system. Brad Raffensperger, will, he will only protect the ability for them to manipulate the elections. So don't ever vote for him. I typically do not promote who or who not to vote for, but this person is a corrupt person. And he's pretending to be a Republican, and I think we're trying to dem- demonstrate here just, just the problems that he is burying everything. He's covering everything up, and it's extraordinary when you look at the extent of it and the fact that he goes along with a lot of this stuff. Let me throw this up because one of the things he said a couple of times during the debate was that he's the rule of law. He's all about the rule of law, blah, right. blah, blah, and the rule of law prohibits – of uh, the the authority of of the secretary of state to tell the county election offices what to do or how to do it and and there's memos going out right now it's like you can't use paper ballots and blah 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 and and the fact of the matter is the drop boxes were not a legislative act therefore they were illegal rule of law my ass the tell, tell us more about that what, what do you agree the so. dissent decree that limited the scope of Ballot signature matching, that was not a legislative act. So that's another, you know, rule of law thing that he that he broke. And and anyway, you, you wanted to ask. Go ahead. No, no, I was. You said the Dropbox thing. I, we have. I think we're demonstrating pretty good uh, his corruption. But the issues with the Dropbox. Who? So who ordered that? They didn't order that by a legislative act. So how did they come to be? Um, CTLC. You know, the Centers for Technology and whatever. Um, Zuckerberg sent sent millions of dollars to all kinds of states um, with the, all kinds of stipulations, but essentially the, the, the ruse was that the money was going for um, masks and hand san- sanitizer to make sure that our election was pandemic proof or whatever. Fantastic. Um, so they, they, you know, they, they did make some specification that they're you know, supposed to be monitored 24-7 surveillance. We've never seen any of the surveillance tape. Um, a lot of it has been erased and eliminated. And the ones that we have, you know, the uh, 2000 Mules movie where they were doing the cell phone tracking, 
that that's an absolute law enforcement tool that they're using on us right now. But saying that, you know, you can't you can't track a cell phone within a couple of feet is 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 a narrative to get away from from uh, the truth of the matter. Wait, they the, say you can't track a cell phone from, within a couple of feet is what they're claiming? Oh, that's, that's what they that's what they want you to believe. Even the law enforcement can can, that's you know, ridiculous. you know, drop. That's how they they. Um, so use drones in the Middle East as they they hone in on cell phone location data. And anyway, as far as the drop boxes go, uh, statewide chain of custody forms are missing for three hundred and fifty five thousand votes. Under okay, so chain of custody is from point from the beginning point to the end point. You have a through line that lets you know where that ballot has been, right? Right. And it's supposed to be signed by like three witnesses. You know, you pick up a batch of ballots, you sign how many you have and where you pick them up. And then you take them and drop them off and you're supposed to sign when you got there. And some of these some of these um, chain of custody forms we've found for some of the drop boxes, they pick them up at like three o'clock in, in the afternoon and then drop them off like five o'clock the next day. And it's supposed to be an immediate transport. Other times they, they were picking up uh, you know, at, at, at two o'clock, they picked up from, from a ballot drop box. And then at two Oh three, they picked up more from another ballot drop box. That was 25 miles away. You know, that kind of crap under the law, anything that's not, that's missing a chain of custody is not a legal vote and has to be tossed. So there's, there's, you know, 355,000 votes that, that should have been tossed. Does Raffensperger have an explanation for this that he gives? Oh no, he you know this is the safest, most secure election in in, in right. Georgia. That's, that's his explanation for everything. It's the yeah. safest, most secure I, I election. That's what I'm talking about. The term count. election denier. Yeah. Yeah, I did 100. percent You election denying Nazi. Shut up. That that's his response. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Okay, so Raffensperger is extremely corrupt, and you can't trust. And doesn't him know election. rule of law. I don't know if he knows that there's you know three branches of government, each with separations of power. So I'm sure he knows, but he 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 knows that that people. He knows that there's not enough. It's too, stuff is dry and it can be complicated, and they exploit that. And so they use these propaganda terms like denier to just end the conversation. And then they have the media backing them up to try and silence and suppress people. And that's how they get away with the stuff. And the other thing is that they know that you can't get standing in court. Yes. Present they, they your evidence. Well. Yeah, which, and they also know that you can't get in front of a grand jury. But if you can get in front of a grand jury, you can you can present the evidence and they can issue subpoenas. And, and that and, is and, another and important such. important point there to again just reiterate. They tell us that it's been looked at however many times in court. It has not. It has not. They have not looked at the substantive claims. They found these other procedural whatever reasons, like you said, standing to kick it out and just you know you you put a comma where you're supposed to put a period, throw this one out, and then they say we looked at it. It's, it, it was not a stolen election, whatever. So they lie about all that. Now let's get to what you're going to do. You brought up in the debate. Uh, I think you mentioned France, the way that they do the, the ballot counting and whatnot. And just what, what are you, what are you going to do differently if you were to win the election? Well, um, as far as the elections are concerned, I won't really talk about some of my other plans because it might get me arcincited. <laughs> Um, but yeah, using the ballot marking devices are, are okay to use as long as the voter actually looks to make sure that their votes are on there. Um, the way that they chose getting rid of the QR code and getting rid of the tabulators. The tabulators are not a necessary and ex they're expensive and worthless. You know, we, we are, we did a bond issue for about a hundred and five thousand, a hundred and five million dollars 
for this equipment. Uh, the service life on the bond is 20 years and it'll be about $160 million payoff for the bonds for a system that has a 10 year shelf life from, from, from that alone, it's ridiculous. So getting rid of the, okay, getting back to this, the, the votes can be counted at the precinct level or at the voting sub center level. It doesn't take that long to tabulate votes. We used to have this, you know, tallying bananas, you know, the little thing where you do tick marks, one, two, three, four, five, you know, that kind of tallying, that's a vote right. tally. Just to clarify, the, the response to Ted's uh, su suggestion about counting the ballots is there's too many people in America that would take forever to ever complete the election. It's not practical. That's what they say. And well, this is your answer to that. Um, and the rest of the answer is uh, on the average precinct in Georgia has 12, 1,200 voters assigned to a precinct with, with 17 days of early voting and, and only about a 65% participation rate. That means that the average precinct is only going to see maybe, maybe 300 voters on election day. It's not like you can't hand count. The other right. part of this is, is, is the citizens getting involved. I don't know if you're aware of the movement that we've, we've been building momentum to get poll watchers and poll workers into the polls and this is going to be like the first election where there's not going to be there's going to be a lot less ability to pull shenanigans because we've trained people about the law and what to look for for election shenanigans yeah so well, i am aware of it because you follow the propaganda that that's a threat to democracy that they say <laughs> going going a step further if people will volunteer to come and count votes i mean that's that's what they do in england yeah. you know they, they make a day of it and they have a party and they drink beer and they sit around and they count the votes until they're all counted this this whole idea of of america and and their instant gratification um is is to the point that right. it is it is uh taking away our, our republic that's a great you know, point the, the uh, the for, for instant, instant results. results right there we want results on the night we want to be able to blast it on cnn and all the other networks but they already yeah, they do in us, other countries. They give, us 21 days, they give us 21 days to certify an election, but we got to have the election results that night. Um, so counting by hand is, is not a difficult task. It, 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 it really, the French vote on one day. There's a, I, my, I said there's like 45 million French voters. I think that's about right. They go to their precinct, they vote, and, and the volunteers at, at the precinct level actually count the votes. If we did that here in America, where, or in Georgia at least, where we count the votes at the precinct level and then transmit our, our, our tally from the precinct level to the Secretary of State's office in a transparent manner, you've got an original set of numbers from the precinct, and then you got a set that was a number that was transmitted to the Secretary of State. And then we can see if the Secretary of State does something funky with the numbers, if the numbers don't match what the precinct sent. We know that there's an issue of, of vote manipulation. So yeah. get rid of the electronics. We don't need it. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, expensive. Yeah. It's expensive to the counties. The counties have to pay software licensing the fees. Too, just like you said. They have to hire Dominion reps, you know, for every precinct where there's machines. <clears throat> it's 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 a uh it's it's a it's a milk the taxpayer scheme. Do you know yeah, so well, there's a lot of those. Too. Like, you know, George Carlin said, you know, if, 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 if elections matter, they wouldn't let us vote. Yeah. And I think this is what their solution was. They're not really letting us vote. They're only they letting us think, think we vote. Yeah. And that's what a lot of it is, is, is the idea of participation, which I, I do believe at the local level. I just said, I do believe Kamala Harris is rubbing off on me. 
uh, that you can, I think there's a lot more power at the local level, but they definitely want to create this sense of that you had this role in it as a voter, but as long as it's plausible that it could go one way, they can use they can use propaganda to shape public perception to make people think that it did go that way, and then they can manipulate the election. And really, it might not even matter what the actual count is as long as that public perception is strong enough, which is clearly what they're trying to do. But they have to prevent this kind of information from getting out, and they have to prevent people from examining these things and thinking about these things, which is what they work very, very hard to do and why they call people election deniers, because – the thing they fear most is thoughtful reflection and questions that are critical about the process, which is why ele- I'm not, I won't say election di- denying, but election questioning is fundamental to democracy. And that's why well, they don't want it to happen. One of the first stages of critical thinking also. Absolutely. So it sounds, how, do you know how long it takes France to do it? Did you say how long it does? Are you, are you, uh, they're, they're normally, they, I'm not sure what time they close their polls, but I've, I've heard, um, you know, lots of people talk about it and, and they say basically they're done counting by midnight. Right. So even it sounds like it can be done not, you know, relatively quickly, but it sounds like it gets down to the question of would you rather have a, a little bit of a more secure election that isn't relied on hackable machines? Where or, we can trust the results. Right. Or, or do you want instant is- results right away as soon as you, like as soon as you vote, I want to know who won. That, that is kind of the, the society we live in now. Uh, a little patience might go a long way. When it comes to voting, right, and the other thing about having paper, paper, a paper record of voter intent that becomes physical evidence, mm-hmm. and the physical evidence doesn't change once it's once it's created. It is the same, so they can't. Yeah. This this was the problem with the old um, Diebold DRE system was direct recording, so you have no idea whether or not your vote was actually counted. Yeah. And once it goes in the database, that they can change it however they wanted to. That's how I came out with less than one percent in the gubernatorial election is is somebody went in and you know gave a hundred thousand extra votes to, to Kemp and, and took it away from um Sarah Riggs Amico. Well I saw that you were winning on some a web a news website. There's I don't know how many people voted in it. Uh, you know they did the polls who are you gonna vote for and they have the three candidates. It's not a scientific poll, but it was uh, uh in Walton paper. County. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You had you were you had the lead there. Like I said, I don't know how many people voted there or whatever, but I think they, they're definitely going to try and stack the deck against you. That's obvious, as we saw in those clips where they interrupt you all the time. But ah, I just had another question, but I dropped it. I don't know what it was. What, what else do you want to make sure other people know before we get out of here? I want to give you any opportunity to say whatever it is you need. All right. Well, I would like to say that um, I'm a Georgia State graduate. I studied law also and business and accounting and, and, and computer science and a lot of other things. But over 40 years of being in business, I understand how business should be run as far as business registration. I'm, I'm a constitutionalist and I don't believe you should be able to turn a right into a privilege with the business licensing, even though I know there's a public safety aspect to making sure that somebody who says they're a plumber knows actually how to plumb, but I don't know that that's a, that's a a function of government or a function of private enterprise to ensure that your plumber actually knows how to plumb. So that's the other thing. And, and then I I've been a computer nerd, um, literally since the 1960s. I'm not kidding about that. I, I I do databases, uh, database administration and, and it technology on a daily basis. That's what I do. Yeah. So I understand how this electronic crap works. Yeah. And and one of the first my first day in computer science 
my first computer science class at Georgia State University, probably back in the early 80s, the professor said, if you can keep your system on knots on a rope, you don't need a computer. We don't need computerized voting systems. It's ridiculous to even think about it because the expense is too greater than the reward. Right. You're, it's like having having a you know a, a hundred thousand dollar car that you only take out on Memorial Day. You right. know what good is it? It's it's yeah. in a, you know it's a sink. Uh, <laughs> I would like to say that I grew up in in the Boy Scouts, and and you know back back in the day when when the Boy Scouts actually meant something, you know it, you know you learned morality and you learned. Uh, a lot of different kind of skills through earning merit badges. It's not today. People only know like one or two things and then they, they don't try to discover their talents or, right. or, or their, you know, the depth and scope of, of what is available in the world. And I, I'm one of those people that have been around the world, lives in all these States. I was an air force brat. I was in the Navy. I'm a veteran. And um, you know, I know a lot of stuff and, and I have a, an extremely well toned, BS detector, and I'm. I don't think I realized you were in the Navy. I did not realize that. Yep. So, like in my closing statement, are you gonna play my closing statement where I said, you know, stop, stop voting for the psychopaths. Yeah, we, we can play. We can play that for you. Let me ask you one more question. I remembered what it was, and, and I, I just saw this. I was reading through the election law. Well, it might have been in Michigan. I, I don't know if this pl- applies everywhere, but I just found it to be weird, and I didn't. I don't know if you have any explanation for why they would want to do this, but. They said that you can take your phone into the when you go to vote, and you can take a picture of your ballot, but you can't yeah. take a picture of your face with your ballot, which I found odd. I, I don't know because to me, I'm like that seems like even better if you take a picture of your face with a ballot, but they don't want you to do that. Why would they not want you to do that? Um, because I think they they think you might be able to um, capture somebody else's in there, somebody else's face while you're trying to do a selfie, yeah. or somebody else's um ballot. ballot or yeah. or the you know the the election screen which is big enough to see from like you know a hundred yards away. Right. Okay. That that, that makes but sense. There there is there there was a um, injunction. Is that what it is? Yeah. On the federal level, that basically a, a federal judge struck down the Georgia part of the, well any in any state about recording you know taking pictures on a cell phone in in a polling location violated obviously your first amendment right and your 14th amendment right so it's right. it's not illegal to do that but trying to convince you know a, a, a police officer who's you know coming to arrest you for taking a picture inside the polling place you know that it could be adjudicated in court and say yeah. you guys are wrong this is false arrest you know i'm, I'm gonna sue under 18 usc 242 you know I wonder if Brad Raffensperger can cite any laws off the top of his head like you've been doing this whole show. You're citing statutory law left and right. I just want to challenge Raffensperger. Just give me one statutory law ever. I don't think I've ever heard him do it. I've, I've, I started studying. This is, this is my copy of, of, of um, Georgia Election Code. Okay. You know, Title 21. Long story. There's a long story about my, my, my uh, discovery of, of, of reading the law for actually, you know, for what it meant and what it means and, and who's, who has authority to do stuff and who's excluded and all that. Anyway, yeah, I've been studying the election law since 2014. Yeah. Maybe even a little bit before that, because I wanted to get, I wanted to, to get on the ballot and then finding out that, you know, as an independent, you had to have 5% uh, petition signatures from the registered voters for the seat you're going for and all this yeah. stuff. So I've been in this for a long time. Yeah. So, you were talking earlier about 
going through the uh, the Boy Scouts and whatnot and, and developing your talents and skills and stuff. You're right. Today, people don't really do that stuff. It's more today you you grow your your career, I guess, off of <laughs> getting the most outraged at the stupidest things the most often because it's like we're at the mercy of the people who get the most offended most of the time and therefore you will then be if it's for the right issues you'll then be put up as this activist organizer i mean that's how stacey abrams built her entire career is by getting offended by things that aren't offensive and pretending they were things that they were not and they do these activist direct actions and this this real really these die-ins where they go pretend to be dead in the senator's office or something to try and force them to give them what they want and you you holding that book up, I, I thought it would be funny. I was like, now there's an actual useful type of, a little more expensive of activist tactic is everybody sends Brad Raffensperger a copy of that book. Oh, so he can actually read it. You bet. And the constitution as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing about constitutions, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up because this is something that, that has just been a thorn in my side ever since I discovered it. A lot of your pocket constitutions don't include the preamble to the bill of rights. And the preamble to the Bill of Rights goes on and says that the um, the, the delegates so assembled. Um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't try to quote it directly because I can't remember all of it. But That's basically, cool. it says cool. that that the um, the body decided that there should shall be additional declaratory and restrictive clauses shall be added, so there can be no mis construence of the beneficence of our government declaratory meaning that the constitution is is the law and it is what it says it is there's no room for interpretation and restrictive restrictive clauses means that this is restrictions on government the entire constitution and even the georgia constitution is a list of restrictions if it doesn't say it in the constitution the government has no jurisdiction to do it. They have no authority to do yeah. it. And then that's the problem is people don't know the constitution. They don't know how government is supposed to work. And right. we have allowed them to expand so far outside of their constitutional constraints that it's affecting us at, you know, buying groceries and gas and, 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 you know, cheap marijuana. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah, Putin's price hike though. So we don't, you know, we know that's his fault. So everything's his fault. I, I just know that I would take comfort in knowing that the Secretary of State actually owns the Georgia Book of Election Laws and has read them. And I think that you're probably <laughs> the only candidate running that has done that. And is there any way people can, who want to help out, what can they do? How can they help out? Well, I'm being shadow banned on, on most media channels, so sharing my stuff would be great. Okay, I, I have a pin here that for the election integrity. I have a, a Ted Metz card here. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I've upgraded. Um, actually, my website is real easy. It's tedmetz.com. T-E-D-M-E-T-Z.com. Yeah. And can my donate homepage, there at your website? There's, there's a donate tab, sure. Money, Money's fun. It helps yeah. me go from here to Valdosta and back. Right. Um, and but people I, aren't aware, libertarian candidates for office, they have like a fraction of a percent of the amount of money that the other candidates ever have who run for office. <laughs> my, my experience is anyway. Uh, well, let me tell you this. Uh, Brad Raffensperger put in $800,000 of his own money and has raised about $4 million. Yeah. And I, I've put in about $4,000 of my own money and I've raised maybe 12000 So, yeah, yeah there, there's a differential. And I would say this too. Another way to help out, if not, it, times are tough. Uh, so wait, wait, wait. What I want to say is uh, go to my homepage, tedmetz.com. Right. And there, right there, there's a link to the movie that 
I shot a presentation of Professor David Clements explaining all of the um, vulnerabilities of the entirety of the election system, you know, and explains what the election system is all made up of. It's, this, it's, it's the scanners and the tabulators and the ballot marking devices and all the computer connections. It's the electronic poll books. It's the SD cards. You know, it's the electronic stuff that, that I, and there's so much stuff in it that you would be you would be mad that you're not just voting on paper records. On, right. On paper so yes, so, go go watch that and, page. Yeah. The link to the shenanigans movie is right on my homepage. Please watch and share that. That's the most important thing you can do for my campaign is to make sure that everybody understands how our election system works and how it's hackable and how we need to go to paper ballots. Exactly. And I would add this too. Along with watching that, when like these laws that we we mentioned here, I'll I'll try to compile them and put them in the description of the the show here. When someone starts saying election denial and they try and shut down conversations, you know, you're not going to be able to pull up a law or not right then, but take the time to read it or your friends who are so quick to do that, just ask them to read it. They don't have to, they don't have to change their mind about anything. You don't have to say, no, this is true or that's true. Just read the law and see if the people like Raffensperger who are calling people election deniers are, are being, you think they're being truthful when you actually read the law and you think about what is being claimed and you look at the movie that Ted is talking about and, and listen to what Ted's saying here. Tell, just ask them, just look at the stuff they don't want you to look at because if, if they're going to try and silence people, doesn't that intrigue you a little bit about what the actual letter of the law says when they don't want you reading it? Just do that. That's like written in English, and it's not in cursive. So. Yeah, it's not in Latin or anything, and you're not gonna, devil's not going to come out if you open up the Book of Laws. <laughs> All right, Ted, thank you for joining us. It, it, again, one more, if you, anything to say in closing. I know we got a couple yeah, weeks till the election. Vote for me. Yes, there you go. Voting for me, the more votes I get, the more likely is I get to go to the runoff against Brad. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. The, you know, the debates for the runoff is going to be just like glorious. Right. And, so, and, and, and Brad Raffensperger is nobody's friend. Make no mistake about that. Uh, he's nobody's friend. He's not working for us. He's working for the powers <laughs> that be, whoever they may be. All right, Brad, thanks for having me. Yeah, I got to yeah, run. Yeah. All right, have a good one. Bye. Talk to you guys next time.